Don't say who's James. You never heard James? No. No? 90s Britpop sort of era? No. And his name was James? As in as in sit down. As in sit down. I've no idea what that means. Oh, sit down. Oh, sit down. Sit down next to me. That's James. Oh, sit down. Oh, sit down. Sit down next to me. Sit down next to me. <laughs> that was very 1950s or something. I like it. I like it a lot. watch film but I'd be honest I mean when I first started watching film I was just watching the game. Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual I'm your host at NFL on Twitter and of course follow the group at UK Packers and as usual enjoyed by me old buddy, me old buddy, Ryan J. Peacock, what's going on? Buddy! Oh I've heard a great, it's hot in it. It is hot. I'm for, I'm so tanned. I'm going to say tanned. It's a bit red, but it will go tanned because I'm not Irish. So it will go brown. Um, but I Racism have to say, off I've... the bat. Racism <laughs> off the bat for a man exposing his nipples to me right now. It's look, brazen. Look, there, there is a point here. We did a pre-production show. I had a shirt on. Yeah. Steve went out to make a cup of tea and have a jimmy. And when he came back, I'd lost me threads. And the reason being is it's boiling in our studio. We can't have the windows open because the wind whistles through the mics. We can't have fans on because it gets picked up by the mic. So we sit in here dripping, which is great because I come out of here and lose about half a stone. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's warm. So, yes, my shirt's off. Thanks. Live from a sauna. Yeah, that yeah. dog. Uh, I think. I think at the pre-production meeting we oh, spent ten minutes. Well, yeah. yeah, we spent ten minutes surmising what the story was with this dog that roams your garden at podcast time. What was your theory that they have? They have this yeah. TV show. It goes out for a shite. So I, 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 yeah, I think they're watching a TV show and it gets to about nine o'clock and the dog's like, ah, right, come on, let's go for a shit, and that's when he comes out. And it's every single time. It's when we're about to start the podcast. Yeah, and a dog taking a dump on a podcast, as entertaining sometimes as that is to watch, because they get all weird when you when you lock on eye contact, as anybody does if you lock on eye contact when you're taking a dump. Mm-hmm. It's not good sound effects for a podcast. No, no. So therefore, we are in an airtight room, and it is warm. Maybe we could have a doggy dump drop. Does that work? <laughs> Well, every time he comes out, we just play the doggy dump, doggy dump drop. God, that's up. Hey, do you know what we should call him, Sparky? But anyway. what's that called again? Doggy. What's, when you have a in media, do you have a headline with all the same letters? What's that? Alliteration. On alliteration? Is that? That's not the one I was thinking. You're thinking of onomatopoeia. Doggy dump drop. I was because it's a cooler word, but I don't know what that is either. Onomatopoeia is where a word describing something sounds like what it is, like buzz. Sounds like what it is, like splash. I've got one splash I've never jumped into a pool and heard splash do you know what I used to work with a girl who used to sneeze and she'd go achoo and I'd go no sneezing isn't just making the word achoo you have to actually propel bug you know buggers and stuff out your nose you can't just go achoo you know what I mean yeah that's a good point nobody nobody coughs and goes cough 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 (laughs) we digress someone pointed out that last week's podcast we went 14 minutes without talking Packers. So let me just say this. We're going to beat it this week. Yeah. Now let me just throw in <laughs> Clay Matthews, Green Bay Packers, Lambeau right, Field. So we've talked about them. 
Not with Donna. So anyway. Right. Look, I need to ask because you've essentially talked about my shirt. I need to talk about yours because mm. it looks like you've put your kid's top on. Yeah. What is that? It's it's, it's what is it like a a lion, an it's... aardvark? What is it? Ron, I'm gonna be honest. I don't know. Okay, it's it's. I think it's meant to be a hedgehog, but it's Spanish. Here's my thing, right? I own a gaff in Spain. It's my little bolto, so I go over quite a lot, and I've tried to learn Spanish, but I keep getting patronised by like Spanish waitresses and waiters and all the rest. They look at me like I'm a like I'm a gimp, right? So, for instance, I went in and said, uh, "Hola, uh, quiero tosta tostada y mantequilla," right? And apparently, it's mantequilla which is butter. So I'm just saying, can I have toes of butter, please? And she's like, gay. And then she starts imitating me behind the counter. So I said, okay, what I'll do is, is I'll go out and buy like a joke shirt in Spanish and they might think I'm Spanish. And so it says, canto el na 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 por... And then 50 cents. Don't know what it means. I think it means I'll sing na 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 for 50 cents. I don't know why it's a hedgehog or a lion. And I don't know what na 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 is. It's a Spanish gag. I thought the waiters would get it and I wouldn't. I'll give you a tip. A double L in the word is a Y sound. Yeah, I know that now. I know after her looking at me going, gay, you know, for <laughs> four days. Because I went up to, uh, there's an English guy from Newcastle. It's over there. Lived over there for 20 something years. I said, Jim, I keep saying, dos dada y mantequila. And he goes, yeah, because it's mantequilla. idiot. <laughs> so he's like, ah, okay. I went in, still patronize me. I get abused by Spanish waitresses. What happens? Hey, look, I've got an idea for you. Go right, because I bet this hasn't been done, has it? Why don't you go over there and open up an Irish-themed bar? Now, there is an idea. And call it Mulligans like, or O'Grady's. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, where is there not an Irish-themed bar? Kate's Cottage. Like, I went to Africa, and in the town centre there, there's an Irish-themed bar showing Premiership football. And it's British... Of course, it's serving Guinness. Yeah. Like, was there any Irish workers on it? Yeah, the guy that owned it, he had malaria. He said, I don't take the tablets. He said, I always pull through it. What? Right. I'm going to keep taking... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's an Irishman's attitude, feel like. He basically said, yeah, I've lived here 10 years now. I get it every now and again. Uh, Don't take the tablets. I was like, "Uh, I'm just going to go pop back and take another tablet looking at you. But... Holy jeez. That's a nice place. Nice place. So, I suppose, what are we going to do? Are we going to talk some football? We have a clown of the week this week, do we? Yeah, we do. Because we haven't had one for, I think, last week. We do have a clown of the week and it's again it's like when People magazine came out and said you you know it's kind of a collective we'll get to that in a while right what I want to talk about is 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 what's going on at the moment buddy OTAs so many storylines bro so Ugh. many storylines coming seriously alright go on then you bring us some storylines okay I'm going to bring you some storylines I don't know if you can tell from my face but I'm unimpressed right Right, here they are, right? Now, this, and um, the thing is, no, hold on, yeah, it kind of is. But, the, like, what we can do is you can put in Team X. Is Player X going to be the hidden gem for them this season? Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Every single off season, it is. You, you tr- it's true. It doesn't matter what paper you read, whether it be what in Buffalo, San Francisco, Texas, Green Bay, you essentially have the same story with names changed. Yeah. And who was it did we see in the news this week? Devontae Mays, you were saying? Devontae Mays, I think, is is going to be the hidden gem on the Packers roster. Yeah. Um, I'd rather we just saw him on the field and then said, uh, oh, it turned out Devontae Mays was the hidden gem. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Other story. Do you know what I saw actually hilarious on Instagram? It was one of these uh, Packers accounts, which not to be confused with UK Packers, at UK Packers on Instagram. Give us a follow. We have 12,100 people. So... I saw this post uh, breaking news 
uh, and there was a picture of Josh Jones's Instagram account and he says football player for the Green Bay Packers and he had football player circled in red exclamations around it and said see this this will prove that Josh Jones still doesn't know what position he's playing for the Packers and that will prove that they're moving him to linebacker that's like it it doesn't prove anything he's a football player for the Packers and this guy's thinking there you go they've moved him from safety already and you kind of think bro relax Jesus Christ he's only buried in the building the problem is, right, as we know, you can only sell something if you've got something interesting. And at a time of year where there's nothing interesting, you have to come up with something to sell. And that is all it is all year. It's it's just, I don't know, conjecture. Is that the right word? Love it. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I thought you might, cheers. Uh, <laughs> you know, but it is, it's, that's, and that's all it is. And it's the same storylines every year. I bet if we went back last year, somebody would be the, uh, you know, it's going to be the hidden gem in the rough. And the year before that, someone else was the hidden gem. It's the same story every year. So for me, you can leave it out, buddy. Oh, hit that drop. Ah, uh, there she is. Um, uh, Ryan, here is a... We're going to cut now. And if you listen really, really closely, right, we have a live radio mic in one of the journalist's bedrooms while he's writing one of these pieces, okay? just Just listen to it. One second. Copy, control C, control V, change the name, and submit. There we go. There it is. So it's a copy-paste job from last year. It's a copy-paste job, as you said, uh, across the other teams. What we find is, isn't there an awful lot of this talk about, you know, what positions they're going to be playing, who's going to make the 53-man roster? Mm-hmm. You, you know, you can't predict this stuff. And there's something very strange going on in Green Bay in the sense that, now, I want to kind of talk about what I see is happening. But Ted Thompson's made a splash in free agency last year. He was punting punters out like be punting Jesus. Uh, you know, Tim Maste left. Um, he brought in Shum. Shum now is apparently under the cosh for the job. Uh, and we discussed that in, in, in previous podcasts as well. So there could still be sort of seismic shifts and stuff. But Ryan, honestly, there's no real way of predicting what the 53-man roster is at this stage. Uh, well, I mean... Bar the no, not the whole yeah not the whole 53 i get what you're saying the only thing is um and i will say i think there was a piece uh, i cannot remember who who was who i read it on um but they were saying you know there's 90 guys on the roster right now and uh how's don barkley still on it um we need to lay off this guy i feel like he's had enough now he's had enough he's still there he's still working hard um so we will make a prediction don barkley will be on the 53 come next year uh, so there you go. Just just putting it out there. So there's my prediction for next year. But um, yeah, it's difficult to tell who's going to be on it right now. Like you said, there's the locks. Uh, most of the starts from last year are going to be there. Wide receiver, I think, is going to be pretty hard. So obviously not for your first three or four guys, but the fifth guy and the sixth guy um, going to be difficult there. Running backs will be interesting because you're not going to keep everybody. Um, or I can't see us keeping everybody on there. Um, you know, so... There are some certainly some nice uh, positional battles going on. Um, I'm intrigued to see what happens around linebacker as to who's going to slot where and who's going to do what. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's a fun time. But yeah, there's no point in coming out with these copy and paste stories every year. And so uh, that's why when I hear that we're going to talk OTAs, and I know we have to, but for me, like I said earlier, leave out. It's kicking it to leave it out. But something that is interesting and, and some of the stuff that has come out on OTA, I think, is more around the personality of these players. So I was interested to see, 
um and especially from listening to uh wes hodquitz you know reading wes and mike spofford's pieces they were kind of chomping at the bit to get up and close with martellus bennett and we put out a thing from the twitter account how tall is martellus bennett you know shock emoji tall because you see him talking to aaron Rodgers at a basketball game the dude is a unit so they were chomping at the bit to get up close to Martellus Bennett and he is exactly like you expect him to be. They said that he's this really open guy. You know, he's talking about the books that he's reading um, and more than anything else. And we've had a request for it already. He's came out and said that... Uh, they were talking to him about captains and he said that he's going to be Captain Fun. So like the Captain Fun t-shirts uh, mm. are, are scheduled for release anytime soon. Ryan, this guy's the real deal, isn't he? He's an interesting guy to have in the locker room. Yeah. And we can see what the Packers are trying to do to take that risk to bring in those veterans because he's fresh off a Super Bowl. And he said, you know, they kind of asked him, right, you've reached Everest. You've reached the peak now. Like, how is it that you keep motivated? And he said, look, uh, you know, you're working, 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 and then you eventually get it. And he said, now that you have the taste, you realize why you're putting in all that work before you're kind of imagining what it's like. You know, it's like... It's like working out, getting that six pack, getting the big muscles, thinking you're going to walk out and get that girl of your dreams, but you've never had the girl of your dreams, so you don't know what it's like. So now you're stepping into the bar, you're getting all the girls coming up to you, and you're realizing that dream of, Jesus, this is what I'm working for. And crappy analogy, I know, but that's kind of what Marty B was saying is that he's touched it now, and it just gives him that extra drive. Entertaining bloke, right? Yeah, and I think the thing about him being a, the captain of fun, or um, in terms as well of our locker room, our locker room needs that. Now, I think before in, in podcasts, we've all, we've said about, has there been a lack of leadership at time? Who's going to be our leaders? This year is probably even a topic to talk about. But he can be a leader of sorts in the fact that he might just bring the fun. He might just relax everybody he might just take the edge off the times when it's got when the, when the pressure builds up yeah and why i say he can be a leader in that sense is that he's probably doesn't jump off the page as a team captain or somebody like that but he's certainly got a role to play as a veteran type player in the league and leaders in a locker room leaders on a team leaders in the workplace everybody has a slightly different way of being a leader and it might be that there's the guy that's up there at the front with you might be the guy that screams and shouts in your face and gets you rolled up might be the guy that just comes put his arm around you but he's got his place in this locker room and it might just be that when the pressure's building up when things are getting tough when the media are jumping on Aaron Rodgers because of I don't know he didn't send somebody a birthday present again maybe he just comes and takes all the edge off and i have to say as well if you're on instagram guys obviously follow our account and if you haven't been what are you doing and secondly follow martellus b um because his instagram account is hilarious so there was about six or seven videos today of him just dancing in his house with his little daughter and it's just hilarious and it's all day every day it's just hilarious so make sure you're following him yeah, he's full on. He's a big kid. But Ryan, and again, some people might see this as kind of a leave it out situation with talking about leadership again. But this this could be a real, real problem for the Packers. So we've seen, look, the reason Josh Sitton left two years ago was because they were saying he was vocal, that he potentially could be toxic. There was all these sort of stories coming out. Now, how much of them are true, we don't know. But what we do know is, is that the guy had spikes. Larry McCarron comes out a lot and says that the O-line tend to be 
I don't know if these were his words, but they tend to be, they can sometimes be some assholes, you know, like they can come out there, they're a bit Barbie, they can be a bit snarky, you know, they've a lot of personality, a lot of attitude, a lot of pressure too in Green Bay to keep number 12 standing. Josh Sitton gone two years ago, TJ Lang uh, was openly lost because the two of them used to play off each other. He stepped up to the plate, became a real leader on that O-line, got his way to the first Pro Bowl, got injured just before he went. He broke down in tears. We saw how much it meant to him. A vocal guy. Now he's gone. TJ Lang, gone to his hometown Lions. Julius Peppers, mm-hmm. kind of like what you were saying, Ryan, you know, not everybody leads is in like, let's go guys. Not that Braveheart comes in riding the stallion. You know, Julius Peppers apparently was a quiet guy, reserved guy, which meant that when he did speak up, A, you look to his experience and B, you go, oh shit, Julius Peppers is talking. What's he saying? And, you know, there was an awful lot of weight put in him. Uh, Micah Hyde, that the utility player, I mean, he was a large voice in the locker room as well. He's now gone. Mike McCarthy came out this week and there's an article on ESPN entitled New Leaders of the Pack. Mike McCarthy seeks veterans who will step up. I didn't understand for a long time what was happening with the Packers this season when they made so many splashes into free agency. We see Jerry Evans come in, Ricky Jean, Francois, Martellus, Bennett. I didn't know what was going I was sort of thinking, you know, and then I heard interviews with Ted Thompson and it seemed like the edge had kind of been taken off. And I was thinking, I wonder, is it Wolf behind all of this? Pulling all the strings and they said to Wolf and to TT, TT, you've got another year. Wolf, you're having, you know, Elliot, you're going to have a bigger impact into the draft this year show us what you have he's taken that aggressive approach like his father did when he came in and now TT's going to ride off into the sunset after the year that's what I thought was happening but maybe Ryan what they're doing is they're clamoring to try get that veteran experience to bring that into the locker room this could pay off big time or this could be a real melting pot of kind of a weird atmosphere that might seem a bit forced because Mike McCarthy came out and said it right that you cannot tell a guy you know, you need to step up and change your personality. It has to come from within them. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what goes on in that locker room this season. Yeah, there is. And I think the people that I look to straight away to replace the like of Lang and Sitton would be uh, Bakhtiari and Brian Belaga. Yeah. Um, I think in the linebacking court, Clay Matthews is a leader already. Mm. Um, you've got Mike Daniels. You've got um, Morgan Burnett, who's probably now one of the more veteran players in there. Maybe... He's a, he's a bit of a bit of a leader of sorts. Um, you never know as well what these young kids bring. You know, have they been captains in college? Um, they they might bring something. They might just bring a cockiness about them that that sort of means they can they can sort of fire people up in that sort of sense. Um, the veteran guys coming in, Jari Evans, uh, Ricky Jean, as you said about you know those guys have got big personalities. There's there should be plenty of noise. There's also what comes into the team is a lot of know-how from that veteran experience mixed in with a lot of good draft picks, a lot of good young players that are in their their second or even third year. Um, you know, we've got a good mix on this team. You've also got a bunch of players, I think we were talking about it before the pod, um, a bunch of players that want to prove themselves. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's, that's probably going to be, that could be one of the key points is here is there's, there's a lot of people almost on their last chance to do something. Um, and, and that can be, that can be a good place to be. If you think of uh, Nick Perry last year, last year of his contract, hadn't really lived up to things, probably was on his way out um, last year, last year to prove himself, to prove that he's a player that belongs in the football league and he does it. And now I think you've got other examples of those 
on this team. Yeah, too true. Because that's the thing is that there's there is potentially so much drive in this team now. Let's take Devon House for instance, right? And people are like, oh yeah, you know, who cares about Devon House? He got dropped by the Jags for a reason. Devon House has come out and been very vocal to say. He broke franchise records in Jacksonville when he went there his first year. The second year didn't work out for him. Now, we've discussed on the podcast why we think that is. They brought in an awful lot of people at the cornerback and safety position. It kind of pushed him out. Now, Devon House is after... Change the system. Exactly. And, and it was a change of system. And, and it was it was so deliberate that they brought the players in to cater to this new system. They went from press man yeah. uh, to go to cover three, right? So he said that when he was... And again, anytime I hear press man... And the Packers mentioned in the same sentence, I rejoice because that's something that we need to be doing. I'm not dropping off these players. So Devon House comes back. He openly says is that uh, he's indebted to the Packers to give him this opportunity again, that he was in Pittsburgh talking to the Steelers about joining them, but he was actually still wanting to go to Green Bay. He still kept all these old gear from Green Bay all that time. He still recorded every Green Bay game, even though he didn't play for the Packers. And he said that because they changed the scheme, it didn't suit him. And that's why he had a down year. And he's basically said it's make or break for him. And he's put the pressure all on his shoulders now because he's after openly saying, oh, well, you know, this isn't in Sumi. It does now. So wait, I'll show you. If he doesn't show that now, Ryan, how bad he's going to look and how people are going to go. Well, there you go. You said it was this. It's the system. Wasn't the system? It was you. Yeah, I think that there's a lot. There's a lot of truth in it. There's um, firstly, there was a lot of honesty from him. Yeah. Um, you know, the, you can take it one or two ways. Either he's blaming everything but himself, um, because the one thing it does show, obviously, there was there was a, a lack of ability to change, if you like. Okay. But at the same time, you're brought into a team. There's a system there. You go a bit. They completely change the system, and then they bring guys in suit to that system. He's on the back foot. So. So he's coming back to Green Bay, which suits him. He suits our system, vice versa. And not only that, but how much competition does he have? Yes, we've just brought in your your favourite man, and you called it a cornerback from the draft. But how much other competition does he have? Okay. Now, the Darius Gunter, you'd have to think, um, probably down the depth chart a little. Uh, other positions. I mean, Clinton Dix played there a bit, didn't he? But only when injuries were. So he's going to be back towards safety. Um, you'd have to think Devon House at this stage has a starting berth, um, and, and he's, he's going to be he's going to be playing from week one. So the position at this point is his. He should take great confidence in the fact the team has given it to him, mm. um, and hopefully that's how he'll see it, uh, and that that should sort of spur him on. But I think, uh, quite honestly, Devon House is going to be a good fit for Green Bay. It's a cheap fit, um, and it should be positive going forward. Yep, and I mean, as you said, the competition, the stuff that he's going to have to deal with at that, uh, like you said, uh, King is expected to come in and be a day-one starter. And then Demarius Randall has an awful lot to prove. So with him being injured, and he's come out again, and he said, I was, this is his quote, quote, I was hurt, but last year is last year. He said, obviously, moving forward, I'm healthy and hopefully going to stay healthy. And people are going to see why I was drafted in the first round. This is a guy who had maybe not as much hype as King because King has those measurables. But Demarius Randall, uh, Ryan, you even said it on pre-prod. The amount of love that we see, especially in the UK for Demarius Randall, is astonishing. Especially for a guy who year one uh, had, a, you know, a pretty promising year. Year two fell off an absolute cliff. Now, he wasn't the only one. Uh, the our, against 
our Packers pass defense against wide receivers last season. We gave up 26 pass touchdowns, which was the worst in the NFL. And we had seven interceptions, which was tied for the second worst. So we were abysmal. So Demarius Randall, again, is another guy who has something to prove. Because not only has Devon House come out and said, this system now suits me. You see what I can do. Demarius Randall's after coming out and saying, uh, I was injured and you'll see. And let me just quote what he says. And if this is not piling on the pressure on yourself, I don't know what is. He says that when he comes back, he's going to be an all-pro guy, a pro bowler, and people are going to say, oh, it was the injuries and this and that. Ryan, this guy's tipping himself for the pro bowl and an all-pro is it a healthy thing for somebody to do, to do that to themselves? Because, Ryan, the pressure on them is bad enough as it is. Yes. You have to do it because you have to believe in any sport that you can go out there and you can win it all, but you can go out there and be the best that you can be. If you don't believe that you're the best that you can be and that you're going to win everything, what is it you're aiming for? Does anybody really play to just put in a good show? Do you know what I mean? You have to be the best. So you need that You need that attitude. Um also, I'm thinking when I hear these quotes from these players, secondary was a position we all know needed some improvement. Now what we've got is a bunch of guys who are hungry, mm. determined to prove something, and that competition will essentially breed excellence. Okay? So it's, you know, we, we joked at times, didn't we, before we said that me and Steve should jump on a flight and go and give cornerback a go because at this point, you know, they were about to throw the kit man in or the bus driver, you know? Um, and we probably had a decent shot. But this time round, you go and you look at it and you've got a bunch of young, hungry guys that want nothing more to, than to prove to the world that it was a bad year or they can play at this level or they can play in this system um, or I am everything they're talking about me out of college. And all these guys want to come and prove a point. They're all going to compete against each other. And like I said, competition always breeds excellence. Yeah. And it's as simple as that. It should be a good year for our defence. It should be a good year for our secondary. On paper, Ryan. All of this looks amazing. Demarius Randall is fired up hungry. He's healthy again. He was a first-round draft pick. Solid first year. Fell off a cliff second year because of the injuries. He's tipping himself to be an all-pro. Tipping himself to be a pro bowler. We've got Devon House back, who, in a press-man scheme, broke records in Jacksonville. He's back now. Devon House played with Tremont Williams. Devon House played with Charles Woodson. He's bringing that experience back to Green Bay. So, we have King... The measurables alone allow him to be able to intercept and slap down whenever he wants. The guy's ridiculous. And we'll see what type of impression that he can make. You're dealing with a defense who felt like they were playing, you know, a 1-15 season. That's how bad the stats were. They effectively played a Browns-like season in, in, in spots. If that's not unfair. You know, and what I mean is, is that they've almost got a taste of having that you know deep shamey losing embarrassment feeling of trying to come up with excuses when we were on a team that got to the nfc championship game we had the best of both worlds they got to play at that high level against the best players in the nfl got shamed and now they're back even though we didn't have to stomach the likes of a bad season and we do have those leaders in the locker room now we do have that experience coming back um Another player that I think is a strange one as well and will feel like he has something to prove is Ty Montgomery. Here's a guy who we've drafted three running backs in the um, in the draft. Uh, the three of them broke all types of records. They're going to be hungry uh, in their respective high schools, um, in their colleges. And now yeah, they're Devante in... Devontae May's the hidden gem. 
the hidden gem of course yeah he's <laughs> definitely going to be or be one uh, by game games week two so ty montgomery now finds himself as the most senior running back in the room james starks is out of the nfl eddie lacy's in seattle ryan here's a guy who he has more career receiving yards than he does rushing yards he's 484 receiving yards 471 rushing yards this is a guy who at 24 years of age finds himself at the very top of the depth chart and only behind him is a bunch of rookies yeah look uh, there's one issue with your stat there right and this is what i say to people at work all the time (laughs) right you you can make any point with the data if you present it in the right way and what we've got to remember is that green bay have been crap at running the ball generally haven't they Mm, and uh they've uh, got a pretty good quarterback throwing the ball so I don't think we need to worry too much about his about his running yards. I think with with the investment they've put in the running back position, that they've got to improve the running back game. I think you'll see see it used more, hopefully. Yeah. Um, but you'll not only see it used more just for the sake of using it, but you'll actually see it used more and it be effective. Because I think, you know, there were times where we go, I can't run the ball, and we were being happy if we got if we got back to the line of scrimmage or a couple of yards because we were going, oh, you know, it's keeping the defense honest. And it really wasn't because it had no threat with it. Yeah. So that's what we need this year. I wouldn't be too worried, uh, like I say, about Montgomery. Um, now, the only thing is that Montgomery himself should be worried about is he's got three good, by all account, if you know Andy Davies says so, I believe it. If these three running backs coming out of college are all as good as he says they are, as you just mentioned, they, re- they broke all sorts of uh, college records, then they could quite quickly put pressure on him for the starting position. Yeah. And then what happens? Is he then down the run down the depth chart on the running backs and, uh, and you know does he get back to being a receiver? Does he just stay as the second or third guy? Do you know that that's that's I guess the issue that he has is he now has three genuine running backs behind him. Uh, and people will be shouting at me going, "Oh yeah, well, we played running back in high school. A bunch of people played two three positions in high school." So, you know, that, don't put too much in that. But I think that would be the biggest worry here is, yes, he's going to be start day day one. Yes, he has the ability. Um, I think he will do very well. But he, now he's got three genuine running backs pushing for him. And if they're as good as, as, as everybody sort of suggests they are, that, that would be the risk he faces. Well, Ryan, to put it into perspective and a bit of food for thought, for instance, if the running back room and the Packers were in a relationship on Facebook, it'd be it's complicated because... Here you have a guy who's declared as the number one starter. He's come out himself, and this is his quote. Uh, they're really good running backs. They've got more experience at the running back position than I do. Yeah. And this can only go one of two ways, and this is where I see a potential problem, okay? Is that you have a guy who is a converted wide receiver. Like you say, people keep going, no, no, he played it in high school. For God's sake, did Edelman not play quarterback the guy is about four foot two okay and he played quarterback yeah. in high school so an awful lot of people like you said played pretty different sure jordy nelson was a quarterback as well was he yeah most wide receivers have a stint in it yeah. and that's where they say they get their intuition with the quarterback because they've done the position they kind of know how to play the look what i see is is first off is it's it's in montgomery's mind that not that he's maybe not worthy for the job but that he has to work an awful lot harder than other people um and also he knows that he's sitting in front of people that are more experienced than him and the only thing that he has to maybe make him feel slightly less awkward about the whole deal is is that they're rookies and he's experienced in the nfl and it takes a damn good player even the best running backs 
in college can fail when they get to the pro game because it's a completely different animal. Ty Montgomery at least has a season under his belt at running back. But here's the complication. I see this going one of two ways, right? One, he's dynamite. And people go, there we go. Ted Thompson, Mike McCarthy are at it again. They found a wide receiver, has limited high school experience at running back, is a, a wide receiver by nature, and they've turned him into an NFL animal. And he's a beast at running back, and he gets a monster contract when it comes up for renewal. He's putting up between 162 yards, I think is what he did against the Bears last year, to 200 yards a game. Where did this guy come from? Because he's jacked, and he looks like a unit in OTA. Now, what you can put behind that, I don't know. Six foot of pure muscle. That's scenario number one. Scenario number two is, is that even if he's an average running back, people will you damn sure will question straight away what the hell do they have a wide receiver as the first guy on their depth chart at running back and I think that what they might do and a solution that they might do is is they might be running back by committee Ryan they might get Ty Montgomery release some of that pressure by bringing in the young guys behind him to blood them but also to take the heat off him yeah I think I think you you, yeah you probably will find that what you could probably find as well is do you get him almost sort of doubling up as that out of the backfield pass option yeah. Because obviously with him being a receiver, you'd have to think that's a natural sort of fit for him in, in that type of position. Um, again, you'd have to think um, if there's sort of any way of getting the, the best out of a player, you'd find a way of doing it. I think that could be one of those ways of doing it. Um, and you could almost have, yeah, like you say, a committee thing where you're doing sort of a different role for each of the running backs on the roster. Um, but it's nice, isn't it? It's nice to finally have so much talent stacked there. Yeah, we do. And we've got prospects again that are kind of untested in the NFL with being rookies. So it's it's going to be super interesting to see because they, it, it's always best. It's like when Dak Prescott um, came out, you know, they, they're kind of saying they, they don't know how to handle him. Colin Kaepernick was the same. But anyway, um, I guess what we'll do is um, we've been doing this kind of uh, thing the last while and we did the Lions. Well, the last while, the last podcast, but we're going to keep it going. We can only have three weeks. Is we're going to move on and we're going to do the state of the NFC North. So last week we went with the Lions. This week we're going to go with the Vikes. We're going to leave uh, a bit of comedy relief to last, which is the Bears. Uh, Ryan, you were having a look at the Vikings <laughs> uh, this time around. And more because you said again on the last podcast that you see the Vikings probably up there with the Lions after researching the Vikings now do you still think they're on par with the Lions or did they edge it and we're really going to have to beat them out for the crown mm, I think no I think I'm, I'm going to go Lions 2 uh, Vikings 3 the reason for that is actually I didn't realise how much almost of a reset the Vikings have had to do um, they brought in some really good players on, on free agency uh, obviously they brought our Dayton Jones in, yeah. um, but in the draft as well, they 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 pinched Dalvin Cook. I say pinched; he was there. They took him, um, but they got Dalvin Cook to potentially replace Adrian Peterson. Um, you know, that was somebody that the uh, a lot of fans, sorry for for Green Bay, really wanted us to go after. Um, but they didn't stop there, sort of replacing the running back. They also got Latavius Murray, um, who's another sort of really decent uh, running back. Um, I think they've got McKinnon already on the roster as well. So that suddenly, you know, they've really beefed up that area with with Adrian Peterson going. Um, and you'd have to see as well, and I was kind of re- thinking about this, and I was thinking about something you said uh, going back, I think it was last season now, when Johnson, uh, Calvin Johnson, Megatron, left the Detroit Lions. And you sort of said, well, the problem is I think they'll get better. 
Yeah. Because uh, essentially they've the problem with the the Lions is they've kind of been a bit one-dimensional. You kind of know that when the pressure's on, they throw it to him. Um, I mean, there was that meme we used to put out, didn't we, with the the Xbox controller, the PlayStation controller, where every yeah. button was essentially throw the ball to Calvin Johnson. Um, and I, I, I'm not saying that the Vikings have been as bad, but essentially they've had a bit of the same problem where Adrian Peterson's been this such a superstar over the years that essentially every button on that Xbox controller has been hand the ball off to Adrian Peterson. Now, Peterson suffered his injuries, didn't he, over the last year or so, uh, maybe even two years. And, and like I said, by week four this year, he'll blow his knee out. Um, but <laughs> you might find that the Vikings, uh, well, you know, it, his knee might get slapped up by a switch or something. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> oh, what, what you see here is essentially the Vikings doing a whole reset. And you might see now more of a balanced team. Um, you know, you, you've got uh, suddenly not everything is going to be focused on the, on the running back. But what they've actually managed to do is bring in a number of different running backs that, that can replace um, or can replace that threat, if you like. Mm. Um, but now it sort of opens up the rest of the team to get there and do something. Now, one thing I would say is last year the Vikings had a draft class come in, didn't really do a great deal. They've got another draft class coming this year. Um, so you've kind of almost got their draft players from this year. Uh, but you've also you'd have to expect the guys from last year to step it up as well, and, and they could they could completely change it round, or they could be in just too much of a rebuild. Um, so I think for that reason, I still go for uh, Detroit in second, and the Vikings in third. Yeah, it's it's an odd one. The thing is, it's like the Packers. I mean, the Packers could go high octane this season. We have all of the the chemistry there to do it. All of the stuff on paper to do it. Similarly. Like, I was shocked last season, Ryan, when Bridgewater went down and they brought in Sam Bradford and they gave away a first-round draft pick for him. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a bit crazy because I was thinking, right, they give away a first-round draft pick, Sam Bradford, you know you know what you're going to get with him. They're going to be a middling team. And maybe that's, I don't know, I, I doubt it, but I was sort of half thinking, did, did they think that? Did they think that they'd kind of be so-so and that the draft pick that they give away, you know, won't be impacting? But they gave up... Um, the number 14 draft pick and to be honest with you Bradford had the 6th highest quarterback rating last year so to be honest it kind of panned out for them and he absolutely smoked us as well when we went and opened up their stadium for them and you know decided to be obliging and give them the win and they have some real weapons at wide receiver but shocking to me how good Sam Bradford really hit the ground running it was really odd to me as well with that whole coaching change mid-season you know where the coach just basically just pissed off halfway through the season and it sort of threw Sam Bradford off. They were like, you know, what's going to happen with him? But he was one of the most accurate quarterbacks per pro football focus. And it was just shocking to see it and it really paid off. But as you said, Ryan, second round, they hit it with Dalvin uh, Cook. Now, again, some people aren't convinced with him, uh, but pro football focus had Cook rated as the ninth highest player um, in their, and the highest rated running back in the draft. So, you know, he was he was there or thereabouts and to get him in the second round, even though there was some concern over the off the field issue stuff, yeah. is he takes over from Adrian Peterson but is gonna do obviously a better job. He's you know, less less treading the and, tires. And let's face it, you'd have to think that whilst yes, they lost their first round draft pick, that that one of their main focuses was gonna be replacing Adrian Peterson in the draft, and they managed to do that still in the second round. So okay, Bradford did all right last year and then kind of ballsed it up. 
um, this year he could come good and that could still be a good decision that was made. Um, I guess the thing that we're all waiting to find out really is, is Teddy Bridgewater, you know, as a football fan here, and I take off my Packers hat for just a split second. Yeah. As a football fan, you don't want to see a young talent go out of the game that way. Um, so I guess we're all kind of waiting to hear what's going to happen with him. Um, Bradford, for me, will only ever be a middle-of-the-road to okay type quarterback. I don't see that he's going to be any better than that. Um, and he kind of proved that last year. So he's got a big year to have. Um, this Vikings team could be good if they can get it going. But they've, I mean, last year, what did they start the season? It was 5-0, and was it? Yeah, and then the wheels fell off. <laughs> Come on, 5-0. Five, five and oh. We started the, the, the season, um, what were we, the famous 4-6 and six at one point. So you'd have to think, and, and I know obviously that's not the same week, but do you know what I mean? In, in start comparison, they gave themselves a 5-0 and o head start and they and then they managed to balls it up. So, yeah, I don't know. The Vikings, for me, they're the third place team this year. Um, but do you know what I did find when I was looking through, which I thought was very interesting, and I thought I'd tie this in, um, just quickly mention it, because I know you love the comment sections on some of these things. Oh, yeah. And uh, this one was good for me. So the Minnesota Vikings have uh, appointed because I saw it on their transaction wire when I was having a look, they appointed a board um, for women, essentially. Uh, so it's, I'm trying to find what they call it. It says the team wants to do more for women. So they've had, they've, they've essentially created a women's advisory board for the Minnesota Vikings. And I thought, well, this sounds good, doesn't it? That sounds positive. And, you know, we're being forward thinking and we're trying to be more inclusive of the game. And apparently, you know, it's things like, making sure there's areas in the stadium for women with children to, for, you know, toilet facilities or baby changing facilities, um, all, all sorts of different things like that. So trying to be thinking of it essentially sort of, I guess, still, unfortunately, most of the NFL main off front offices and things like that are probably still male dominated. The decision makers at these franchises are probably still male dominated, um, which is disappointing, but that's the way it is. And, and so they've, they've had a women's advisory board set up, which I think is very forward thinking. I was like, that's really positive. Until you look in the comments section, and God, what now? this is this is the first one from a guy called Bobby Axe. Uh, yeah. Sent this at this is where I think he bulged up here. He he made this comment at five to three a.m. Okay. Um, have been a Viking fan since 1968. My loyalty is now under serious consideration when an organisation starts to categorise fans rather than viewing them as a whole. So he's annoyed because what he's saying now is we're actually putting those Vikings fans into women fans, children fans, men fans. Yeah? Yeah. But I think what they're trying to say is we're not doing that. We're looking at everything as a whole. We're trying to be inclusive of everybody and trying to see how we can make the game day experience more enjoyable and better for women. And this advisory board goes further than just game day experience. It goes to how can we get more women into the sport? It goes to how can we get women doing more positive roles in the local community? There's so much more to it, but this is just, it's just unbelievable. It says uh, here, oh, I'm glad they care about women's opinions, but it does seem like, uh, it does seem a bit pandering. Oh, for God's sake. Uh, and then it sort of bangs on and bangs on and bangs on. And uh, somebody else goes, putting a winning team on the field would positively impact the organisation, just saying, which I, you have to say, yeah, I, I suppose he's got a point. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh. But yeah. That you see, that's the type so, of opinions in that you get a slap down in the workplace by yeah, a female. Another comment section. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I looked on Pro Football Focus and, you know, they're doing these fantasy articles. And they did a fantasy article about tight ends and which tight ends to pick. They're banging on about Kyle Rudolph. And Kyle Rudolph's going to have a big part to play um, because Sam Bradford's going to look for that check down. He's going to go for a big-bodied receiver, so he's going to hit the tight end. Kyle Rudolph is going to have a monster year, probably the same as Martellus Bennett in Green Bay. But pro football focus, and I don't know how much you believe in this because he always showed that a weak team last year you know, potentially circles back into being a, a much stronger team the year after, unless you're the Browns or Bears. And that the Vikings have the second they say most attractive uh, or easiest, I don't know if you can call it that, schedule between weeks 1 to 16. So not only are we up against the likes of Stefan Diggs, uh, Sam Bradford could have a monster year, Dalvin Cook is going to be, you know, a lockout running back, um, Kyle Rudolph, the big body tight end. They've got some weapons and they really put it up to the NFL last year. If they can pick that up where they left off, I'm talking week 6, nothing after that and they have an easy schedule well then it might work out for them similarly the Packers are meant to have a fairly easy schedule so all the people that want to get ahead of themselves and look forward to the Super Bowl you know if if there's any year that's going to be it and maybe this is why we really made that sort of gamble with the free agents this stuff could pan out for us but Ryan let's look at the NFL as a whole here it's time for clown of the week Yep, so what we're doing is, uh, Clown of the Week, There's there were so many options. There could have been uh, Colin Kaepernick, who kind of uh, could have made a balls of it and released the fact that he'd signed with somebody else on somebody else's account. We won't get down that road, because uh, Colin Kaepernick can, you know, I think the media need to lay off him. They've been giving him a hard time. Somebody give him a job. Yeah, um, because he's one of the best backup quarterbacks, surely. But anyway, we digress. Ryan, the celebrations are back to a degree but they're back and what the hell took the NFL so long and why for <laughs> Jesus sake why did they ban so, this type of lark yeah I guess the thing that you have to ask yourself here is first why were ce- why were the celebrations sort of banned in the first place but then if you banned them why have they then pulled a U-turn and unbanned them I yeah. can't work out which one doesn't you know oh I don't know it's madness I mean people come to the game to be entertained yeah now yeah. as long as you're for me, as long as you're not getting in the face of somebody and being disrespectful to an opponent, I think you should be able to pretty much do what you want. So as long as you're not, in, you know, endangering anybody. Um, I don't know quite how we do that, but, you know, as long as you're not sort of endangering anyone or you're not, you know, being just plainly disrespectful either to a set of fans or an opposition player, I think you should be able to just sort of have fun with it. Mm. I mean, you've just scored. There's no better feeling. Um, anyone out there that's caught a touchdown or scored a goal in soccer or... Um, you know, I don't know, hit a three or whatever it is. There's no better feeling than when you score those points. So you should be allowed to to, to celebrate exactly how you are. And do you know what? It's nice. Yes, Roger Goodell is a clown. We're saying he's a clown, I guess, for banning it in the first place and now pulling the U-turn, a bit like Theresa May. Um, <laughs> but love a political point in the middle of a podcast in that way. Um, but look, I guess he's a clown. But it's a good thing that I guess they finally come to their senses and maybe... Maybe the NFL can lose its uh, nickname of the No Fun League. Yeah, they're the, like that's what people used to go on. There was two things that people used to go on to YouTube to watch about NFL. One was huge hits. I remember when I, uh, when my my buddy in college, he was the quarterback for UCD. 
tried to get me into playing American football. He said, uh, we ran a few routes and he was like, right, you know, you should join the team. But before you do, I want you to get home and watch a video. And it was up for years and I'd say the NFL got it taken down. It was called Heads Up and it was about keeping your head up. It was like Rammstein or whatever, Rammstein, whatever German band was. There was some crazy, like most violent music ever. And it was just lads getting absolutely creased out of it. That's number one. And number two was the ridiculous celebration. So now the players can use the ball as a prop. Um, I don't think they can go as far as getting the Sharpie in the sock stuff, Ryan, can they? Um, I don't know if that's an option. No. So the ball can be used as a prop. So essentially you can spin it, uh, I guess... You can. I'm trying to think what else you might use. Oh, I remember one uh, receiver who had just had a baby, pretended it was a baby, and sort of cradled it. Yeah. Um, so you can use the ball as a prop again now, which they sort of said you couldn't do before. Um, but what you cannot do is you cannot use a secondary item as a prop, also, whatever that might be. So as you said in that situation, the moment you got the sharpie out, that's the essentially the secondary item that's the prop. You cannot use it. Yeah. Um, so trying to think of something else. Um, for example. There's a great one. Uh, trying to remember, it was it was uh, Chad Ochocinco. He he once went and got one of the pylon markers at the back of the end zone, uh, and used it as a putter, and he putted the football across the field. That would still be a penalty because he's got a secondary item as a prop. Um, but they, they've started to loosen up a little bit on it. Yeah, and one thing that is still banned is dunking. You can't dunk the uh, ball over the goalpost. Can't be done. So that's not going to no, be brought you know back. What is safe? You know what is safe? Go I on. think there was a specific rule about you can use the floor to assist in a celebration. Oh. So, which is good because otherwise, what would you stand on? But actually, I think it more specifically <laughs> means that because well, it, it was kind of strange the uh, wording used. But um, if it does mean that Randall Cobb can go back to doing Snow Angels, which I think were also temporarily banned, um, believe it or not, so they're a- okay. Yeah, that was a weird one. He did it the same week as someone else, I think, in New York. He did his Snow Angel. Hilarious. Never never got banned, never got uh, penalised for it. Someone else in New York did it. A player, exact same. Snow Angels, pretty standard. And he yeah. got done like 15 grand or something for the celebration. Yeah. Uh, um, the What else can you not do? You still can't do anything that's sexually suggestive or aggressive, uh, whatever that might be. Uh, so twerking, for example, or, or um, doing sort of like the Michael Jackson grabbing the old meat and potatoes and, and shoving them about. Um, can't do that. No, uh, you can't thrust if anyone wants to see those uh, Key and Peel sketch um, where he does the three pumps, you know, maybe two pumps you might get away with. Actually, was it Von Miller, Miller got done for doing three pumps last year? I don't know. Can't Did remember. But anyway, right. yeah, it's a good thing. And do you know what's funny? as well Rhino uh, is that they, they reached out Roger Goodell apparently reached out to he said 80 players or something one of them was Chad Ochocinco and he had some absolute clangers there was that Super Bowl ad where uh, he went in and he had to get consultants onto which celebration they would do and your man was like giving yeah. him all these ideas yeah like I said he had the great one with the, the using the pylon as his golf club um, mm. but still my favourite Ochocinco one has to be going and putting on the Hall of Fame jacket with the question uh, marks on the sideline yeah which with the question marks on the back which was just wonderful um so possibly slightly arrogant i think i think it might just go over the line to be be deemed arrogant but uh i child, loved it please thought it was brilliant yeah, yeah. child please he, love that it's kind of the way he is though he's he was kind of like the usain bolt of wide receivers at one stage going and getting mcdonald's chicken nuggets 
before going to training uh, on that hard knocks he's been a character yeah. for ages I think his downfall yeah well, well his downfall was one of two things Ryan one was you know doing a headbutt on his uh, new wife um, after something like allegedly she found a pack of Johnny's in his car uh, and the receipt for Johnny's or something and he decided I've just been caught for cheating or potentially cheating I know how to get out of it I'll just throw her a headbutt what an idiot and he got cut instantly and also he couldn't learn the Patriots playbook and I think it was yeah. on that episode of Hard Knocks he got brought in and cut in front of everybody um, for that yeah incident. I think so, then he went did he go into Miami as well at one point and, and wasn't able to make it there yep yeah, yeah, I might have a... just pulled it out of my ass but I think that no, was, that's what I think that's correct. Do you know what though? One of my favourite all time when we're talking celebrations, and I don't know if you'd get away with this even with the new rules, but it has to be Terrell Owens for San Francisco at Dallas Stadium, where he scores a touchdown, he runs back and he plants the ball on the Dallas Cowboys star in the middle of the stadium, right? Then I think it's Emmett Smith uh, runs the ball in and he responds. He's not happy by this. That star belongs to Dallas kind of attitude. Runs back to the halfway line and he plants the ball back in the centre of the star. Of course, Terrell Owens, who is Terrell Owens, and you can't stop him, scores another touchdown and he heads back towards the star to reclaim it. Now, you can hear the panic in the commentator's voice as he says, and I think from memory, he says something like, there's going to be a fight here. And you can hear the panic. And as he plants the ball, or he goes to plant the ball, um, I think that one of the, I think it was a safety or a quarterback comes flying in. Number thirty-one, I've got in the top in the back of my mind. Number thirty-one comes flying in and just cleans him out. So he doesn't get the chance to claim the star, if you like. He cleans him out. Of course, then a San Fran lineman comes in. He's having a go. Um, Flozo Adams, I think, is possibly involved at some point. Mm. Um, everybody's sort of kicking off. What does Terrell Owens do? goes and stands in the middle of the star with his arms out aloft, sort of almost like everybody fighting around him isn't going to stop me claiming this star. And he just stands mm. there beautifully in the middle of this. Now, I love it because I love what Terrell Owens did, and I can see myself doing that. And then I loved what Emmett Smith did, going and claiming it back, because I could see me doing that. Mm. And then I love the fact that he went and claimed it back again, and that's great. But then I love it because somebody comes in and just wipes him out. And I think that's brilliant because in every stage of that whole episode through that game, I can just go, yeah, agree with that, agree with that, agree with that, agree with that. It's all good for me. Yeah. Loved it. Loved it. So I think that goes down as my favorite celebration or multiple celebrations. Yeah. Yeah, no, quality. And it's the reason that it's, it's Terrell Owens kind of arrogant attitude as well. He was like Ocho Cinco, but had the career uh, and backed it up with stats. Is to say why he gets that Hall of Fame snub is because people just don't like him as a person. Um, which is kind of, I don't know, if you want to see it as unfair to him, who knows. Uh, I think we'll we'll probably cap it off uh, there right now. What we'll do is we'll move across and we have an excellent fan of the week, a guy who came over to Green Bay with us, uh, has some great stories. So we'll nip over and we'll talk to our fan of the week. Meet the fan. The hey, oh, Ryan, sounds good to hear that uh, jingly jingle again, doesn't it, bro? Huh? Yeah, it's been, been a, a bit too long. I still can't believe we haven't gone all the way back to the Who, but uh, I keep campaigning for it. I think there's one guy that agrees with me, so I think I'll have to give up. Yeah, I think that one guy is me because I sang it. But come here, I recorded that, and the off chance is kind of a sample, and it sounded all right. And I played it back to Joan. She was like, "Yeah, yeah, sounds all right." And then it took one email from Wu Chang, aka Mick Ward to tell me I was tone deaf for me to get 
hit me right in the feels and it never saw let's campaign let's campaign Ryan let's let's put it out there to the people to be fair mate if if Mr if Mr Ward has put his word on it and said he turned deaf then I'm sorry but that's now on record and uh, that's what we will go with going forward that's how we roll but come here we're gonna introduce this next guy legend right however we're gonna introduce him and he's gonna sound like we've got Shep on the line Lassie if you will We've got we've got Sparky on the line. It, it's definitely a dog's moniker. Sparky, you there, buddy? Rough. Yeah, here I am, guys. Hello. <laughs> good, good boy, Sparky. Good boy. Oh, yeah. How you doing, guys? It's good. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, we appreciate it, man. Um, you've got some crazy good stories that we want to get to, uh, Sparkies. And uh, Steve Sparks, by the way. Look, you're not a dog. You're a legend. Tell us where you're from. Where are you based, uh, L Sparky boy? Uh, in Swindon in uh, glorious Wiltshire so for Magic people in America <laughs> for people in America it's like 80 miles outside of London alright so I, this is where I step aside and have to consult my cultural correspondent Ryan Swindon good or bad area what are we looking at here what, what are the main hot spots here in Swindon what okay. is there to do and see yeah, de- decent team. Um, always probably going back to the time when I collected sticker books for the Premier League. Swindon shiny, you always had it. Um, those probably don't know. Swindon were in the Premier League once upon a time, but it's most famous for its magic roundabout, which is essentially one big roundabout with about six roundabouts around the roundabout. Oh, and you can that go both right. ways. And you can go both ways. That's a roundabout way of putting it. Um, so, Sparky, <laughs> we're not going to focus on uh, Swindon Town, I'm guessing is their name, because Swindon, to me, from an Irishman, just seems like a place that is just a town and not some big, big place. You're a Packers it's fan, and, and, and well, kind of. But and that, that's Look, I get racially abused the whole time. Anyway, I digress. You're a Packers fan. Uh, how does a dude in the land of the Magic Roundabouts become a Packers fan, and when did it all get started for you? It started for me late September 1983. So I was watching a game on Channel 4. It was the Packers versus the Rams. And to show what little I really knew of American football at that time, um, the Packers, from what I remember, jumped out to a pretty good lead. And then the second half, the Rams came all the way back. And I thought, I'll go with the team that wins. Thank goodness, thank goodness (laughs) for Jan Stenerud who kicked that pigskin <laughs> through the uprights. But you see, this is it. They had a 24-something three lead. They mm-hmm. then completely let it go. Pack a win at the end. And I think to myself, that's a good team. And I didn't know. I really set myself up then for about a decade's worth of hardcore following through some of the dark days of the franchise. I'm fascinated by it. Ryan, here we see another point, another dude, kind of like Andy Davies, Starts supporting in the 80s and, and stuck through it. Steve, the thing is, right, I know everyone sort of jumps on teams that are good and all the rest of it. And, and we've seen recently people jumping on the likes of the Seahawks and the Patriots have been seemingly good forever. What made you stick with the Packers through all the bad times in the 80s, especially since the coverage we know now wouldn't have been great? I mean, you wouldn't have been watching every Packers game like we have on Game Pass now. How did you stick through it all? Yeah, well, that's a good question. The kind of thing I normally expect to come out of Ryan rather than yourself, Steve. Oh, um, dig. Sounds so, like dig. So, <laughs> so in terms of why I supported them, I then started to read up a bit about the franchise. They won the first two Super Bowls. And I thought, okay, so things go around. Mm. And then I read about they were publicly owned. And I just thought, no, I, I really like this. I'm going to stick with this team. And in fairness, 
I have to say, though I say it's a dark days, in fairness, our offence, our offence uh, under Lynn Dickey, 83, 84, they were good. And you had um, Paul Kaufman, you had James Lofton, you had John Jefferson. That was a great offence. Unfortunately, it was not matched at the time by the defence. And then it also had really bad timing that the Bears came along with, without doubt, the best defence that's ever been in the NFL. Um, all they had to do was play the defence and Jim McMahon throw a few balls uh, and hand off to Walt Payton. Um, so that's why I said, uh, we also had Randy Wright, but I'll skip over that in those later years. <laughs> so it yes. was difficult. I mean, I, I think when you hear um, the American commentators now are very surprised at the level of knowledge of British fans, it's because you had to work really hard to get hold of that information. You know, we were watching the highlights a week late. Um, you'd get a little clip in the newspapers of a Tuesday. Um, woe betide you if the Tuesday was Christmas Day because you never got the results <laughs> for that. And then I remember lying in bed early hours of the morning, listening to a very weak reception on Armed Forces Radio. You probably would get three quarters of the game and then you would never know what happened. You'd have to wait till the newspaper came out later <laughs> on in the week. This sounds brilliant. Armed Forces Radio seems to come up quite a lot for people that were watching the game back then. Um, but you mentioned some players. Uh, James Lofton was one of them. Um, who was your favourite players back then? And, and tell us tell us your first jersey. Uh, oh, that's a story in itself. So James James Lofton probably would have been my my favorite. That would have been my first. He was a real star. I mean, I think on many other teams. Um, he really would have pushed Jerry Rice for some of Jerry's records, or other Jerry would have put wow. eventually taken them. Um, for me, you know, I didn't get a jersey. Again, those are, it was expensive. It was infrequent. Um, I, the first thing I got was from a, a market in Plymouth when I was on holiday. It was a, a pack of print in a frame. Um, yeah. And then it was difficult to come by. But I ended up, I got a um, Bill Schrader, extra extra large jersey <laughs> and i got that because when channel four were showing the program the tv over here i ended up winning uh, one of their draws for the week and they said we're going to send you a team jersey I, I, lovely but i'm not extra extra large you know that must have been <laughs> bottom of the drawer back of the drawer what have we got left what haven't we cleaned the car with yet that was it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a kind of a medium or if I dress for, for the Wembley games, then I'm a large. But, yeah, so, so it, it was in there. I couldn't really do a lot with it. That's the problem. Have you still got the jersey? The, built, the Schrader one? No. That one that oh. one has gone. i got a few others. Uh, I've got a few others. i got my Favre from uh, way back when. So I've still got that one. That comes out every now and again. Um, nice. I've got currently a Rogers and a Blake Martinez. Mm, ahead of the game, yeah. And I know it's Mart I know it's Martinez because when I went over on that excellent tour last year, I bumped into him and um, in the hotel lobby. And you know, on hindsight, that was very risky. They say don't meet your heroes. And I thought he's a new guy. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll get his jersey. But it was only after meeting him, and he was a really nice guy. In, in a few moments, we had to chat. So I thought, what if he'd been a complete tosser? And I've got the jersey of this guy who was incredibly rude to me. What would you have then done with that jersey? I would be conflicted as a Packers fan. Do you keep it? Do you throw it? What would you have done? So just as well, Blake was a really nice guy. 
But I'm going to jump in, right, because I will get any opportunity to play the drop. Ryan doesn't like it. We bicker over it like, a, like an old married couple. This is the first time and perhaps the only time that I will get to play this drop on Fan of the Week. You think God never farted? Yep, old farts. In your email, uh, Steve, you said that, look, Ryan, I know you're grimacing there. I know you look disgusted by it. it it's... Well, no, no, no. I allowed you to play it during the Adrian Peterson conversation we had a couple of weeks back. Right. But, I, you, yeah, I'm lost as to why it's coming up in Clown of the Week. No, I'm sneaking it. I'm sneaking it in. Right, okay. Steve, has, Steve, you said you got some cool stories uh, about some old farts. And talking about drunk old farts, tell us a story about meeting a pissed off his tits, Don Mikowski. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> no word of a lie. I mean, you, you couldn't make some of this stuff up. So, I went to see a Super Bowl, 1990, New Orleans, um, 49ers, Broncos. Got lucky. If you ever go to a Super Bowl, you're not fussed who you're going to see. Go to New Orleans, because what people were saying was, it's very small, the French Quarter there. It's only one block. So, the first night we turned up, I just met some other British guys on the plane on the way out, and they were kind of hung together and um we bumped in occasional players in the bar and um we didn't realize at the time they were really interested in us english accent we come all the way over here to watch a game of football but it was a friday before the game uh we stumbled out of rosie o'grady's after a few hurricane cocktails too many and hang on on. what's a hurricane cocktail i have no idea it's hospital juice right uh, it's it's definitely some fruit juice. juice. It's definitely it's definitely some fruit juice in there, and I think it's like seven types of rum and spirit. It was really nice. Oh, okay. Cute, cute Tom lad- Cole's tweeting. Cute, cute Tom Cole's tweeting and telling us exactly what's in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's it was lovely. I do remember that. And um, anyhow, so we came out of the bar and we actually bumped into, literally, this guy sort of stumbled into us. We claim he stumbled into us rather than we stumbled into him. And it was Jim Kelly of the Buffalo Bills. What? And, in, nice. and, and it, was, it is the real Jim Kelly. You know, it's not like, oh, there's a guy looking like, no, it really was Jim Kelly. And he was absolutely off his face. So years and years later, I think there was maybe about a decade ago, some little issuette going on and he said i've never touched drink i've never been drunk in my life and i'm thinking oh you're a, maybe a little bit of a sipper there jim um well hold on hold on can i just say uk packer exclusive yeah absolutely like breaking news uh, did, should did, we did, also did. say though should we also say on the other hand whilst it isn't exclusive uh we we <laughs> we can't we stand dis- over it's alleged it as well. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's alleged, alleged. <laughs> yeah because so we can't afford to get sued yeah in the previous no. sentence Sparky's just after saying that he got off his face on this hurricane or whatever what's it called cyclone what, what was what was the name of that cocktail it's a, it was a hurricane it's a hurricane cocktail Jesus I remember it being sort of orangey red right and then little birds going around your head but that's Jim Kelly what about uh, Don Mikowski where, where does this guy come into the story so, so this comes double bubble. Don Mikowski is drinking with Jim Kelly. Oh. And he, he comes up um, and he, he says to us, he said, I'm sorry, guys, sorry, guys. And I said, you're Don Mikowski. And it, it's one of those things where the whole fan or brain mouth don't work. And and you're not expecting it. And he said, yeah. And we, I said, oh, I said something like, well done for last year because we've heard Don was like, he was giving us a good year. Yeah. And um, he then said, "Hey guys, do you want to come with us next bar? It's really cool. You're English." What? what? So, so, so 
is it, and of course these two basically are millionaires as well, so they're never going to pick up the tab. Yeah. So what did we do? What did we do as young British guys? Oh God, Steve, no, please tell you. me you went. Oh. oh my God. No, but thank you very much. We even thanked him, a drunk, willing to pay for our drinks, Don Mikowski. What? And with Jim Kelly. And I dare say there must have been somebody else around as well. And that that was it. And it's like afterwards you have that, cool, we really met him. And then, then and he offered to buy us drinks in the next bar and, and we said, no, thank you. This is where we inform Stephen Sparks that he isn't actually on Fan of the Week anymore. He's on Clown of the Week this week. I was I mean... just about to say. <laughs> Oh my God! Play, 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 play the play the clown drop, and let's have three different <laughs> drops in the same set. I'll go for the record. Go for the record. I was going to say. Oh, so man. so uh, Wu Chang managed to go from clown to fan of yeah. the week, and managed to do it the other way around. He got from oh. fan of the week to the clown. UK Parker exclusive. And, and Jim Kelly's going to serve legal papers too. This is a bad week for Stephen Sparks. It is. It is. Uh, my daughter would say this is part of the course. Well, here's now. Hold on, we're gonna roll back there again. So now you're a kids expert. Look, this, this Stephen Sparks has done it all. I've, I'm gonna. I've waxed lyrical about you know my my son and my you know kid to be on the way up. But anyway, let let's move on, right, Steve? Because you've met the the rich and famous the millionaires. You've said good luck to you. That's not the only accolade that you've done uh, in your past. You're. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, and he told me this actually in Lambeau Field that you are a shareholder of the Packers, and there's a story about how that came about. And also, yeah. you have a lot in common with myself and Ryan in the sense that you ran uh, some sort of a fan site also for like ten years. Can you can you sweep by the two of those? I thought you yeah. were going to say that the thing he had in common was that he's uh, also incredibly good looking. But uh, fan group, fan group's fine. We'll go with that one. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I was lucky. This the last uh, Packers certificate launch. Um, I have a relative uh, who is an American citizen, and story for another day. He sells roller coasters. You can keep that one for another week. What? And and because of that, he's allowed to. He was allowed to get the certificate and bequeath it, pass it on. And I've got it. And without doubt, you know, it's one of those questions. If the house was on fire, what would you take out? You, you say the wife, you say the kids. On the wall, it's kind of. I kind of hope I never have to make the call on that one. Right. Um, and yeah, in terms of the the the, the website, it was a, a fantasy Formula One website. So now I'm going to have Bernie Eccleston and Liberty Media suing me as well. I'm doing well here. So th- it yeah, was. This is it is so we're just raising money for charity and, and it, it kind of just grew so there are 50 people do it put a few quid in uh quarter of it got paid out as prizes the rest went to charity and it grew and grew um we did it for many many years and in fact it's still going on now but I've, I've handed on the the baton of the um the weekly race pundit uh, to somebody else but it was it was great to build it up but there were times it got it got quite big and then you're committed because once you've set it all up for the season it's great to get all the donations coming in You've then got to deliver it, and when you're watching a race, if it's a good race, I've got lots of stuff to talk about. But like you guys know, particularly in this kind of dead period going on, there are some where you think, what on earth can I cover this week? How can I keep this interesting? And the only way you can do it is basically to pretty much ignore what's going on in F1 and talk about something completely different that keeps everybody entertained. Um, 
so it, it was great. Ten years, it was the, the hardest bit, I think, was um, you never were sure quite during the season what people were thinking. But it, what was lovely was at the end of the season, the comments you would get from people. Yeah, there'd be some suggestions as well. And that's, that's absolutely fine. By and large, though, they just really said, we miss it. We can't wait for it to come round again next year. And it's still going yeah. strong. I think it raised about £20,000 now. Well, wow. so um, but we we don't want to make it too big because then if, if you're not careful, it go comes to the attention of the powers that be in the F1 world, and they do have a tendency to shut down these kind of well, sites. That's that's unfortunate because Bernie Eccleston does listen to our show. So, uh, All right, hi Bernie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh dear, I'm gonna have to go off to I don't know, who's it? Uh, just 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 while we're keeping it F1 for a bit, uh, who's who's your favourite? Who's your team or your favourite driver? My, if I'm honest, um, my favourite, my favourite team. It, it tends to it tends to change depending on the driver combination. But um, I do like Daniel Ricciardo. He's just a very nice guy. My daughter, when she was much much younger, now she's eligible. It's not quite the same thing. <laughs> for a different angle. When she was much much younger, and he, he signed. He was the most genuine nice guy you could meet. Um, so when you see those interviews, that that's the guy we saw. Um, so I like him as a person. As a driver, uh, hmm, depends which way the wind blows on Lewis Hamilton. Um, yeah. I don't do I don't do Seb Vettel though. It's, it, I don't like the finger thing. I've never liked the finger thing. It that's irritating. <laughs> Fair enough. Actually, Fair for enough. American viewers who don't watch F1, I'd better say what the finger thing is in it. So when he wins, he sticks his finger up like number one. But it's it's like you're wagging and telling people off. It's not good. It does look like you're being told off. Yeah. You're quite right. Yeah. It's like teenage girls who always put the peace sign up at every photo that they get taken of themselves. Just stop. Stop your peace signing ducks. I don't like it. Um, so I guess Ryan's doing it now. God, for Christ's sake, I'm being trolled <laughs> mid-podcast. I was, I, was, I was pouting as well, but you can see me behind my microphone. No, or a big massive beard, manly Viking beard. Steve, what we want to know then, I think to, to cap it off then, um, how did you come across the UK Packers? Have you been to any of our events? Yeah, I, I do have to say, after what I just said about F1 guys um, on the website, you guys did a brilliant job for us because I I was appalled really that and I know it's a case of why didn't you do it, but mm. that I, a couple of years I just go I googled online is there like a UK Packers booster club supporters club and for years nothing would come up which I always thought was weird given the fan support the fan base and then I saw yours then I saw you guys had been to Lambo. And I saw the work you put in, and I just got into it. And I have to say, I think the podcast absolutely brilliant. The jingles, um, the clown of the week. If there was a, a jingles award, a national jingles award, that should go in. That is invented. <laughs> yeah, it took a while. Great work. Yeah, it took a while. Yeah. Um, and uh, and uh, that's how I got into it. And I have to say, for all the readers out there, readers, listeners out there, um, who may be thinking in terms of the Lambo Field thing. What these guys say is absolutely correct. It was without doubt last year my favourite holiday ever. Well, wow. that's that includes the honeymoon in Hawaii, which has now got me in trouble with the wife. I'm doing well here, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. um, Jesus. It was, you just don't know when it, to stop digging, do you? No, I know. I just keep going. But it was absolutely. It was great last year. I went with my mate Matt. We hired the car. We met up with you guys. Uh, it was nice to meet up with a variety of people. Um, see the stadium, all the extra treats that had been laid on, and I have to say, uh, the guys at Sports Travel Tours, Andy, wasn't it? Uh, mm. he, you know, he, he literally put himself out for everybody in terms of what what you could do. 
um, meeting Jerry Kramer was, was lovely because we were out there. We got tickets through through Matt's, again, another story, but one of Matt's friends. Um, and um, we were there with, his, with, with this guy's sister and um, they put on a tailgate for us, all the trimmings. Um, brought friends in, so it was nice. We 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 thought we were so touched. We we did give them a Jerry Jerry, one of the Jerry Kramer signed photos, and to them it was like, are you kidding? You know, they were they were overwhelmed, but it was brilliant. And by the way, Steve, um, you, when we were at that game last year, the one that we came second at that <laughs> game, we had booing. Yeah. We had booing as mm. the team came off the field, and Jill who was with us, and she said. Wow, geez, he said, they're booing. And I said, does that happen very often? She said, no, in my lifetime, only five or six times. So if you're looking for a ray of sunshine that you can say, I haven't seen the pack win yet in Lambert, but I have seen them booed off the field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to make sure we win this time, aren't we? Let's put it Oh, yeah, two, right? Absolutely. Season opener against Seattle is going to be one hell of a trip. Uh, like we said before in, in, on previous podcasts, the recent history against that team, um, sitting in the most famous, the best NFL stadium, if not the best football stadium in America, uh, and watching the Green Bay Packers, it's certainly going to be a special trip. Yeah, and I think talking special, I think watch out for the special teams because a lot of those running backs we've picked up, you look quite a lot of those are to upgrade our special teams because our coverage last year was far from the best. I think it was one of the worst in the league. A lot yeah. of those guys have come in to keep special teams honest. I think we'll do well. I think we'll win it. And if we are losing at the end, just remember Ryan, you just have to draw store. In fact, is Tom going with you? Cause you get, could get Tom absolutely mullered and then get him to do the streak on the pitch thing. And they may have to cancel the game. Yeah, I don't think there'd be much convincing in Tom Coles to get him to do it. But in fairness to the guy, the problem is the problem is with Tom Coles is that he'd get he'd get our flag wrapped around his leg or something, and he'd be running it across the pitch. You yeah. can just see it now. Bad press, but a uh, giant dong. <laughs> but I think on giant dong, we'll have to leave it there, uh, Steve. If you can just shout out what's your UK Packers membership number, and we'll let you go back to apologise to the wife, Jim Kelly, to Formula One, to Bernie Eccleston, to Swindon Town, uh, to everyone. You're just gonna have to put up a sign in one of those magic roundabouts, I think. Okay, 54. Nice. Nice number. Well, Steve, Thanks, you're guys. an absolute gentleman. We'll have to get you on to... You're one of these guys, kind of like Wu Chang, Michael Ward. Uh, we could have you talking forever. Uh, but cheers for coming on, buddy. Thank you very much. Thanks for the uh, opportunity, cheers. guys. Take care. Bye-bye. What a dude. What an absolute dude. Uh, there seems like an awful lot of stories that still need to be told there, Ryan, but he's probably going to be in prison for... Yeah. Uh, uh, number eight. Yeah. We're probably not going to see that guy for a while, if I'm honest. Um, you know, we might have to we might have to listen to the rest of his stories through one of those yeah. sort of perspex uh, windows uh, on the telephone. Um, but yeah, good luck. And our next next T-shirt Ryan, is free Sparky, I think hashtag. Yeah, free free Sparky uh, hashtag free Sparky. <laughs> yep. So good luck inside. No, I'm sure it's um, not that bad. So I'll tell you what, we'll move along. Uh, the <laughs> I suppose the housekeeping at the very end of the podcast is the nineteen nineteen club again. Uh, it's kind of our big draw, Ryan, isn't it? And it the, the tickets are flying off. So what we thought we'd do is is we just spend a little bit of time talking about the great that was the person who owned and signed this well he didn't own the jersey but uh, certainly wore the number and signed it uh, gorgeous jersey it's, it's a stat jersey Ryan is it the Super Bowl 
No, 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 no. This one's not the stat jersey. This is uh, Tremaine Williams, number 38 jersey, uh, home jersey, green one. Um, it's signed and it also sells on their Super Bowl champs. Um, obviously, he was part of the 2010 team that won won the Super Bowl uh, with Aaron Rodgers. Um, so, it's yeah, it's a beautiful jersey and it's one that a lot of people have gone after. Um, a lot of people want it. I think at this point, we've probably got around about 14, 15 tickets left. So uh, not a great deal left, great, great many left, sorry. Um, but yeah, get in there and get involved. So you just need to go to the website, ukpackers.co.uk, find the members tab, scroll down to the 1919 Club, give that a click, and all the information is on there for you to get involved and enter. You must be a member, but the link is on there. If you're not a member, um, the link is on there to get signed up. Once you're signed up, you can play straight away, okay? You, you won't instantly get a response. Um, but you will get one. So feel free to play as soon as you've signed yep. up. Uh, Tremont Williams, again, what a player. Uh, started in 2010, regular season, opposite Charles Woodson. Um, the rest is history. Pro bowler the next year. Um, what a guy. I mean, what a ledge. And he'll always go there. He's one of your faves, Ron, isn't he? Um, stalwart. Yeah, I mean, 30-odd. I think it's 30-odd interceptions, 130 passes deflected. I mean, this guy was physical up in your face. The kind of cornerback that, you know, really, um, okay, he wasn't quite the player or people had level at him that he wasn't quite the player in his final couple of years with Green Bay. But actually, three interceptions in each of those for couple final couple of years. Um, still... Uh, 24 passes defected, mm. uh, defended. Sorry, I make it. You know, so this was still a player that was a that was that was a great part right right through his career with us. Um, somebody I really liked, and some it's kind of, I guess, the attitude at the position that sometimes we've lacked in the last couple of years. And he is the example that the Packers use when they go and appeal to undrafted free agents, it, because Williams was signed by the Texans as an undrafted free agent and then released uh, in the final preseason roster reduction and was then snapped up by the Packers. And again, as I'll say, the rest is history. And with the Packers, even last year, six players were on the team uh, that were undrafted free agents. Uh, with, well, I suppose only four of them made the roster for the regular season opener. But it'll show why, uh, you know, the likes of Geronimo Allison stuck around. People said that he was a guy who had excellent measurables at the time. Uh, he got a an opportunity to sign for the practice squad. Did ended up making his way onto the team. So Tremont Williams is a real rags to riches story, and you can potentially own his jersey for only four quid a ticket. And as Ryan said, there's only about fourteen spots left. So yeah. you know the nineteen nineteen club, they're coming hot and fast, and we have an absolute super draw coming up. Um, it won't be well. The the next few ones are excellent. They're signed jerseys. But uh, if you bear with us, we have an absolute clangor. We're not going to release who it is yet. Um, and as well as that, uh, let's put in a plug in as well, Rhino. The trip uh, is the season opener against the Seattle Seahawks. We're heading over to Lambeau again. There's a three-day and a four-day option. Uh, the four-day option is expensive uh, by only an extra night. So it's not a big deal if you want to go for that. If you want to extend your trip, go elsewhere. You can do that too. This is the first trip that myself and Ryan are actually going to get to go on together. And we have some real treats lined up here, Ryan. This is going to be, as I said before, for numerous things, an absolute belt. Yeah, it's absolutely going to be brilliant. And it's great to go as part of a, a big group as well. Um, and I think as well on this year's trip, I think we're already up at nearly the 20 people mark. Um, 
there's a bunch of people on here we've never met before, um, which is so it's going to be great to meet so many new faces. Having said that, there's a bunch of people we certainly have met before, um, and we hope to keep meeting. And then this is this is the beauty of it, you know. Come and do this. Um, I, I guess for years always wanted to go to Green Bay, but didn't know enough, um, so I never really wanted to travel out there on my own. Come and do it with a group. Come and do it with other people that have been before, um, and we all get we all get it done together. And, uh, it, you know, you'll make friends as well that will last for a lifetime. Yeah. And Ryan, it's it's to be said as well, if anybody's out there and they they can be a bit awkward sometimes around people that they don't know, they're worried that they won't get along with anybody. That is not going to be a problem on this trip. Um, a few of the caveats. One is you can head out, you can bring the missus, you can bring one of your mates. You don't have to hang out with the group. You know, people definitely go off and do their own thing. That's what they did last year. You might find that you gel with some people better than others and you can, you know, head off into town, look for some merchandise, maybe you rent a car, you know, do whatever you want. But certainly this group of people, and we we know the people well because we have them in a Facebook group, we're chatting to them. And also, as Ryan says, we've went with other people before. These are all absolute stellar people. They're Packer fans, for God's sake. We're all the same. And the amount of cool stuff that you're going to get to do over there, hopefully go behind the scenes. We're going to try to get people into the locker room if we can, which is a massive no-no in Green Bay. Uh, but we you know, we have some great friends in the organization. We've had Mark Murphy on the podcast. We're going to try to get you back there to see Aaron Rodgers' jersey hang up. It's amazing see the recovery room, see the gyms, the indoor pit field. It's amazing. Um, we're going to be meeting a, a current player a legend uh, there's going to be signed like in those opportunities you're going to get to speak to them one on one and you're going to get the stuff signed you'll meet the players that come into the hotel because that's where they stay before the game look there's so much this trip don't delay get in contact with us if you're interested if you want to ask any questions even if you think that they're silly if you want prices contact us we'll give you all the links all the info that we can and work with you to get your trip done if you are going solo but you can't afford a single price and you want to bring it down by going for the double we have so many people all lined up ready to go me personally I shared a room with someone that I didn't know last year uh, because Ryan couldn't come over his name is Dave Saunders and he's an absolute gentleman and you will find the same if you're sharing with someone the rooms are massive they're twin rooms you're not gonna have to bunk up don't worry about it and as well as that look you're not gonna spend an awful lot of time in the room you're gonna be pissing off around green bay you're gonna be meeting players getting players to sign stuff uh watching the game uh you know getting locked with tom coles and all the rest of it but anyway we digress we leave it there it was a excellent podcast this week we're going to be going back to two fresh podcasts very very soon uh, at the moment, we're running the History Podcast every Friday uh, just to give someone who hasn't heard the stuff before a bit of a listen to some old interviews. But look, for myself, at Steve the NFL. I, I, yep. Oh, what? So, sorry. Oh. Sorry. I've hey. got a couple of little bits. You, you cut me off too soon. Oh. I was trying to give you the hand signals, but um, oh. I think I did think I did the, the international wrong one. Um, look, a couple of bits. Manchester is confirmed as being a meet-up this season. So the week we're looking at is... Week six versus the Vikings. It's a six o'clock kickoff or an eighteen hundred hours. Um, so it's the it's the early one. It's in Manchester. It's at a bar called um, can't remember. It's on the website. But uh, Pie and Gravy are running an event there. We're going to have our own area. Um, so it'll just be UK Packers in our bit, and we'll have the game against the Vikings. What we'll hope to do on the night is we'll hope to get some maybe some competitions or something going. Mm. Um, if we get enough people there so get that one penciled in the diary people said they wanted the UK Packers to come north and we have done it we've come fairly north yeah not too north 
but fair <laughs> enough. Um, the other one I've got is I want to give a shout out to somebody, and I don't oh. do this very often, but I do want to give a shout out to somebody called Matthew Inkster, who is actually a Patriots fan. And I can see the shock on your face, Steve. Oh. But yes, he's a Patriots fan. Um, but the reason I'm giving a shout out, he listens to us every week. And uh, he first ran into the group down in London when we did our bye week party last year when the Packers themselves, uh, the great Gabrielle Dow had some great stories, came over with some other members of the uh, Packers and the Packers film crew came over and he came to one of our parties. And since then, he's been listening away to our podcast and he uh, he says we're rather entertaining. And he'd listened to us on a number of broad, broad spectrum of subjects um, so yeah, maybe maybe it could be a little sideshow for us, mate. We could get another podcast going where we just talk about current affairs. Yeah, politics um, and the like. And how the Patriots cheat all the time. Sorry, Matt, had to say it. Oh, we've lost him. So is he is he gone? No, we had him. Right. We lost him. He's with us. He's with us. So yeah, big shout out to Matt Inkster, the Patriots fan that listens to us every week. Yeah, and what I'd like to know then is, is there anybody out there who isn't a Packers fan along with Matt who's listening and you just listen for the banter? Any Bears yeah. fans undercover that, you know, secretly want to be Packers fans, but they just listen to the glory? You know, yeah, there's a lot of them out there. There's a lot of them out there. They've realised that, you know, you know those videos, it was at that point he knew he'd fucked up. Mm. It was the point he bought his Bears jersey and went, ah, I should have got a Packers one. Yeah. It's fine. You can convert. And as well as that, we know Mike Dicker listens to the podcast, so be a shout out to Mike. Um, yeah, how you doing, Mike? But uh, from myself at NFL on Twitter, from my old buddy Ryan J. Peacock, make sure you follow the group at UK Packers on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure that you're subscribing there, leaving a nice little comment. So it's uh, well, all for this week. Yeah. Or on the Forces Radio, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> In America. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>